When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I come to play this game to be the best in the world. Russell Wilson, how did you do that? My goal is to win more Super Bowls, and my plan is to win them here. Breaking news here today on NFL Live, a blockbuster deal that sends Russell Wilson to Denver. They were missing a quarterback. They found their target, and they went out and they got it. Watching this AFC West this year, it's going to be magical. I'll be watching it through my fingers. Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback in this league and a future Hall of Famer. That's Russell Wilson. Wouldn't count him out for anything. Russ's new team, the Broncos, as well as the Jags, both start minicamp today. Coming up, we're going to tell you why Trevor Lawrence is not out there at Jags minicamp. It's a big week around the NFL as 15 other teams begin minicamp tomorrow. Will Kyler Murray show up for the Cardinals? What about Lamar Jackson making an appearance at Ravens minicamp? A reminder, these are mandatory workouts. Welcome to NFL Live. It's also mandatory for all of us to be here, and we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> you see Marcus Spears there, Rita Kimes, as well as Field Yates here with you for the hour. Coming up later, Mina is going to rank her top five NFL defenses. we got a lot to get to. So, Phil, we begin with you. Take us through all of the news going on right now. Let's begin in Washington. Yeah, a busy week, Laura. What else is new in the NFL? And the best player on the commander's offense, wide receiver Terry McLaurin, is not in attendance as the team begins its mandatory minicamp on-field work tomorrow during an offseason in which we've seen the likes of A.J. Brown and Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Tyreek Hill get paid. Terry McLaurin has not yet been paid by the commanders. He's a top priority, but they got to meet the right financial needs and desires that he has earned. Meanwhile, in Arizona, Kyler Murray, who has been largely absent from OTAs, save one session this offseason because he, too, is looking for a new contract, will be at the team's mandatory minicamp. As a matter of fact, he's smiling for the camera as the team conducts its media day today. So good news there in Arizona. But, of course, the bigger picture is the desire to get a long-term deal done. Kyler made his desires very clear earlier this offseason. And finally, Baltimore has its quarterback in the building. That, of course, being Lamar Jackson. He has not been a part of the team's OTAs this offseason. He is entering the fifth and final year of his rookie deal, Laura. And everybody knows the downside to a player waiting to get a new contract extension. You can get hurt. It can compromise your football future. But Lamar does not yet have a new deal. He's set to make a little over $23 million this year. And while a deal could be struck, and the Ravens certainly would like that to happen sooner rather than later, the longer Lamar plays this out, which does come with some risk, as we mentioned, you see other deals getting done around the NFL that could be to the benefit of Lamar Jackson. His fellow draft class made in 2018, Josh Allen signed an extension last offseason with the Bills for $43 million per year. Since then, Lamar Jackson, who was once, of course, the NFL's unanimous MVP, has seen guys like Deshaun Watson get $230 million guaranteed and the price of quarterbacks go up and up. Lamar's price tag is certainly going up and up as well. It feels like, Field, whenever Lamar does go to the Ravens and start these negotiations seriously, he says, pay me whatever Deshaun Watson makes and not a penny less or maybe a little bit more. It depends on how that all plays out. Lamar's teammate, by the way, Marlon Humphrey, made the quarterback's presence at camp official with an Instagram post this morning. Listen to this. Y'all won't believe who I'm with. Yeah! 
think, yeah, it kills me. Uh, Humphrey wasn't alone with his excitement about Lamar showing up. Second-year wide receiver Rashad Bateman tweeted, yo, I seen Lamar Jackson today. He good. So these guys are out here breaking news. They're like the Adam Schefters of uh, Ravens camp. Marcus, we know now that Lamar is at camp, but should he be there? Yeah, he should be there from, from the standpoint of Lamar's leadership. And I don't think, I don't think, this is not something that I know, that this is a bad relationship between the organization and Lamar. Um, I believe there's some business, obviously, that needs to be handled, but the rapport seems fine. We've all been trying to figure out what is Lamar doing, what is the Ravens doing, but it doesn't seem to me he had any vitriol towards the Ravens. He never deleted them from his account. I don't think he pulled the Kyler Murray as far as his agent going public and talking about the contract and he needs a new deal. I think both sides are under the understanding that they'll get something done. Now, here's the caveat. Lamar, don't you run a yard. Don't <laughs> you cut hard on a knee don't you do so much yeah. as to crack a fingernail at these mini camp practices be smart about how you go about doing your thing and i'm sure he will be and babyface said a little something that i want to talk about babyface i would love to make a little bit more than 23 million but i ain't <laughs> lamar jackson and ain't comparing that to 50 million <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, you know, it is important, guys, to remember that Lamar doesn't have an agent. So when you talk about what Kyler Murray did, yeah. putting out the desires to get the new deal done, that's all on Lamar if he wants to put anything out there. So to, to your point, Marcus, we don't know what the relationship is like, but it seems like that's not the issue. Mina, let's look at the actual offense, though. So many injuries last year. Then they traded away their top wide receiver in Hollywood Brown at the draft. So what do you expect to see from them this fall? Massive improvement. I mean, I know there's a lot of concerns about the wide receiver yeah. core being somewhat depleted, but, you know, a lot of that has to do with the Ravens' offensive scheme. They zig where the NFL zags. They stocked up on tight ends. We know how dominant their run game can be. But for me, when you look at Jackson's struggles last year, so much of it can be pinned on that offensive line, which, of course, suffered a lot of injuries, uh, especially when you look back at the MVP campaign. You know, last year, Lamar Jackson out of empty, which is something he do a lot because of his athletic ability. It makes it very difficult for defenses. He was pressured on 40% of dropbacks. In his MVP campaign in 2019, that was 25%. So simply getting guys back like Ronnie Stanley, drafting Tyler Linderbaum, play center, and then signing Morgan Moses, who's a super solid tackle, Suddenly you look at a group that's not only majorly improved, but has depth. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge reason why the Ravens look better this year. You know, including running plays, guys. Lamar Jackson was hit 16 times per game last year. That's the most by any quarterback in the last 15 seasons. We felt like that, too, watching the games. Let's get to Denver. The Broncos begin minicamp today, and their new quarterback, Russell Wilson, was there. You also have a first-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator, first-time defensive coordinator installing new schemes. Minicamp could give us a better idea what the Broncos may actually look like. I mentioned Russ was there. He spoke just moments ago to the media. I think trust um, when it comes to, you know, playing the quarterback position and trusting your teammates and then vice versa. I think the first thing is, is that do you spend time on your work? You know, do you spend time on your work? And these guys, I mean, I, I found trust in the, in the first time I met them when they came down to San Diego and how much time we spent together and how much like, you know, I'm drilling them. They're teaching, they're learning, they're, they're doing everything. And they, they wanted more. They wanted more, you know, and so and that trust was built right there. I think what's really fundamental on trust is, number one, are you putting the work in? Number two, are you at the right place at the right time? And I think number three is, will you do whatever it takes to win? 
Whatever it takes to win, Russell Wilson has the most wins and Pro Bowl selections by a quarterback in their first 10 seasons in NFL history. The only QB with more passing touchdowns than Wilson through their first 10 seasons is Peyton Manning. And he brings some much-needed stability at the quarterback position to the Broncos, who have used 11 different starting quarterbacks since that guy Peyton Manning retired following the 2015 season. That's tied for the most in the NFL. So, Mina, what do you expect this Broncos offense to look like with Russ under center with all of those different faces from the coordinator position and head coach position that I mentioned as well? I expect it to look like how it looked like in Seattle. Uh, I know that's not exciting to a lot of people who want to see a different Russell Wilson, but at this point in his career, I think we know what to expect from him because in Seattle, he did go through different offensive coordinators and had different offensive lines and had pretty good skill players and running backs. Very good, I would argue, over the years. You're going to see a beautiful deep ball, arguably one of the best uh, in the NFL. Quarterback who makes great decisions, is accurate at all three levels. You're also going to you're also going to see a quarterback who doesn't really use the middle of the field and will take a lot of sacks, even with a better offensive line. Russ is who Russ is. And that's a top quarterback in the NFL. I want to be clear. I just don't expect any dramatic change. Hmm. Yeah, I look at this situation and Russ should be able to square up against any team in the NFL because he supported. Shout out to our brother Ryan Clark and the pivot. Listen, man, this is this is this is this is all this is in some of the same vein of Russ's early success. A, a really good run game and a really good defense. And everybody knows that it was Marshawn Lynch and the Legion of Boom. And we we talked about this process leading up to Russell Wilson signing with the Broncos. They have everything they need to be legitimate contenders outside of the quarterback spot. Javante Williams is a button star. He's going to be really good and a big help to Russell Wilson. And not to mention, I don't think he gets enough credit for his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and his yards after contact and Javante Williams, the running back, is phenomenal. And then you go to the other side of the ball to be supported in that way as well. All season long, we talked about it at Mina's uh, expense of how bad the Seattle defense was uh, during the season. He's going to be supported by that as well. He's in a great situation, and he's the answer to what they needed in them. You know, Laura, when we started this conversation, you mentioned how it's a first-time head coach, first-time mm. offensive coordinator, and a first-time defensive coordinator in Denver. And sometimes we do this thing where we try to project how coaches are going to scheme things up or look when they're elevated to a new role for the first time. And you sit here and think to yourself, as Swagoo said, good running game in Denver, solid enough offensive line, very good defense. What did Nathaniel Hackett do at the height of his offensive coordinator career? Well, the answer is back in 2017, he helped the Jaguars to the AFC Championship game with an excellent rushing attack. So part of your instincts are like, hey, maybe yeah. Nathaniel Hackett wants to follow some of the scripts that have worked in the past, they had a good running game in Green Bay last year as well. But then I sort of settled back in, and I think to myself, they didn't trade for Russell Wilson with tons of draft capital, plus a good player in Noah Fant and Shelby Harris and Drew Locke as part of the deal as well, to not go out there and air it out. So this team has the potential to win games with that running game and with that defense as well. But I keep coming back to the idea that in this division especially, the defense matters. But if you're not scoring 25, yeah. 27, 30 points a game, to me, Mina, it feels like you're just going to follow yourself or just fall right back down into the basement, which is where Denver has been too frequently in recent years. 
Yeah, I think it would be a mistake for Hackett to play it too safe with Wilson, which is frankly a mistake yeah. we saw Seattle make at times over the years. Um, but I do want to hit that defense because it, it really shouldn't be overlooked in this division. I know the Chargers made a lot of really sexy signings, and there's a chance certainly that they're better than Denver. But when you look at the Broncos depth chart, you see a lot of really solid role players at every level, not just the names you know, like Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties in the NFL, Patch Sertan II, who is well on his way to being one of the best corners, but signings like DJ Jones, excellent nose tackle out of San Francisco. Josie Jewell, one of the most underrated run-stuffing linebackers in the NFL, super solid tackler. And then even like a guy like Kaywan Williams to man the slot. These are just really good players at every level, and they look to me like, if not the best, one of the most complete defenses in the league. You no, know, it was interesting. I saw the Broncos week 18 last year, and, and just even in that game, talking to Justin Simmons leading into the game, talking about the pride they have in that defense, they knew they weren't playing as well as they thought they could, but they also yeah. knew they were capable of a lot more and also felt like they were just a quarterback away. Hey, uh, we're just getting started on NFL got Live. Gregory. Yeah, 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 well, that helps too. Coming up, the Jags are looking for a big year out of Trevor Lawrence. When we come back, Marcus will tell us what he expects to see out of the second your quarterback what needs to happen there and later Mina is digging into the numbers to rank her top five defenses in the NFL find out who she has number one and why that's coming your way in just a bit NFL live is brought to you by Coors Light made to chill what if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day when you're learning a new language with Babbel that's exactly what you're doing and if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What I want to say to the young women today, and we have fabulous, you know, activists and women with a lot of power and smarts and, you know, legal training. There are still so many ways that women and girls are disadvantaged and not given the same opportunities. We aren't given everything that the guys have. We have to keep fighting. 
Throughout the month of June, ESPN presents 50-50, honoring 50 years of Title IX and the women moving the world forward. We're back on NFL Live with Jags mandatory minicamp starting today, but Jacksonville did excuse all the vets from minicamp. Marcus Spears, thoughts on that? Oh, we, uh, the player in me, the former veteran says, I love Doug Peterson more than I thought I knew. And then the other part is, I would like for them to be there as the guy that's got to be like responsible and an adult and more mature in my age now and say that even if they don't do anything there, it would be good to be around the young players. But I get it. I would like them to be around. I would like that leadership presence to be there during minicamp. But the player in me says, Jack, appreciate some more days that I don't have to be at the facility. I mean, you're so mature now, Marcus. But when I saw this, I thought of you immediately and thought, oh, wow, somewhere Swagoo is smiling. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, by the way, looking to bounce back from a difficult rookie season. Lawrence threw 17 interceptions last season. That's tied for the most in the NFL. He ranked last in yards per attempt. However, Lawrence's supporting cast could be much improved this season. In addition to hiring a new head coach and Doug Peterson, who Swagoo loves now. The Jaguars spent over $192 million <laughs> in guaranteed money on free agents. That's the most Ooh. in a single offseason in NFL history. It makes you raise your eyebrows a little bit, too. And you think about Travis Etienne coming back as well from injury. Could be a nice weapon there for Lawrence, too. Uh, Mina, what will success look like for Lawrence this season? Because I think it's a bit of a gray area in how you can really qualify this. Yeah. Yeah, especially because, Laura, no matter how you slice it, um, Trevor Lawrence ranked amongst the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Now, granted, that's uh, so was also the case with Zach Wilson and Mm. Justin Fields, so he's certainly not alone in that regard. But watching him, I think what struck me the most was how little trust he had in the offense, both the play calling and the skill players. And frankly, a a lot of that was fair, uh, given what we saw from them. Uh, But when you watch it, you also saw him passing up at times on easy completions underneath, forcing the ball down the field, which uh, led to some pretty untimely turnovers. So so what I want to see is for him to look like he's playing on easy mode. I want Mm. Doug Peterson, who, of course, has a great history of working with young quarterbacks, to hold his hand a little bit. Take the easy stuff. You don't have to play hero ball because that alone will give him a big leap forward after what we saw last year. That's why I love doing television with my sister, MK, because there's so many things I want to talk about that you just said, because it lends itself to the incompetence that was in the building. And MK, you know, like being a former player, one of the results of not understanding what your job is, is you press and you think you need to make big plays and overcompensate for what you're not being taught in the, 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 the adverse situations that you're being put in. And that's where Trevor Lawrence was. To your point, I want to see him take the easy stuff. I want to see him just play under control. And and we all, I think, believe that Doug Peterson will get him to that point, but also allow him to be the phenomenal athlete that he is. Allow him to show that big arm, set up plays, and give him opportunities to take his shots as you bring in Christian Kirk, who is a guy that has thrived on the deep ball. Allow Trevor Lawrence and what we thought about him as the number one overall pick coming out of Clemson Allow us to see a lot of glimpses of that. Allow him to play free, but also allow him to play within structure because the incompetence that he was around last Mm. year didn't allow him to do any of that. So I'm just looking forward to him having a resurgence. Wipe the slate clean, 
uh, erase everything that happened last year and allow this to be his real rookie year in the NFL. Yeah, and if you think about him sort of getting a bit of a fresh start here, he did end last season on a high yeah. note. It, remember, he completed season high yes. 72% of his passes, threw a couple touchdowns, B-D-M-D. and that upset win over yep. the Colts. And I think you saw a little more of what we would expect out of him going forward. Let's get to some quick reads on the other second-year quarterbacks who will be in camp this season. Marcus, define success for Zach Wilson with the Jets. Yeah. A lot of what we just said about Trevor Lawrence, but just an understanding about what he's being asked to do. Understanding that I can't do the same things I did at BYU with trying to make the wild throws and it's going to be completed. No, it's going to be intercepted, Zach Wilson. So when you have those opportunities, do what you do and allow your your ability to come out. But again, just slow everything down and allow him to be a young football player at the quarterback position. Yeah, so I like to see Justin Fields speed up his processing, uh, get better at diagnosing pressure, which won't be easy with his offensive line. But I also like to see this offense as a whole with Luke Getzey and your offensive coordinator lean into what best. You know, on design rollouts last year, he ranked first in the NFL in completion percentage over expectation. There weren't many of them under Matt Nagy. Do what Justin does well. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a novel concept, right? Just do what your quarterback does well. Also, let's all give these guys a little bit of grace. It's hard to be a quarterback think. in the NFL. Give them some time. They'll figure it out. Coming up, is Tua really more accurate as a quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? Well, Tyreek Hill sure thinks so. Hear what Miami's star wide receiver had to say when we come back. Throwing a little shade, maybe? Yeah. We'll tell you next. Been an adjective. Roast from the fire. I'm from the city of Nazareth. If you all fire for something, that means you passionate. The next UFC fight night is Saturday with a stacked card, including the main event featuring a featherweight matchup between fourth-ranked Calvin Cater and seventh-ranked Josh Emmett. The prelim started for Eastern on ESPN2, ESPN News, and ESPN Plus in English and Spanish, followed by the main card at 7 Eastern on ESPN. Major breaking news for the sport with no offseason. Dolphin Nation, I am so ready to be a part of Fans Up. This move is great, monumental for the Dolphins. They are explosive and they are all in. How you doing, little penguins? I was like, what the? The Chiefs are getting back five draft picks. Kansas City's actually kind of on the outside looking in right now. So Tyreek Hill already making a splash with his new team. He's had some great quotes so far being a Dolphin. One caught a lot of attention recently. He was asked to compare his old quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, to his new one, Tua Tungavailoa. Take a listen to this. Tua or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like, I'm, I'm going to go with 1-5 as the, the strongest arm. But as far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. So which one would you rather have, the deep ball where you got to scramble around the field to try to go find it? Uh, you want that accuracy to hit you right in the bread basket on the run. I want it to hit me right in the bread basket, just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game and take it 70. That from the Needed to Be Said podcast. So, all right, is this true? Do the numbers back up what Hill's saying about Tua being more accurate than Mahomes? On passes thrown 10 or fewer yards downfield last season, Mahomes and Tua actually had the same exact completion percentage. However, Hill might see a drop-off when it comes to stretching the field. On passes thrown more than 10 yards downfield, Mahomes was the more accurate passer, and that was despite the fact that he had several more attempts than Tua. Marcus, you buying all that from Tyreek Hill? He's rolling his eyes. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all. All right, let's take it. Let's take a second. Okay, let me ask all y'all a question on this panel on this damn show right now. 
Who threw Tyreek Hill the ball when they hit him in his bread basket against the Buffalo Bills? That'd be Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I answered. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. All right. I get it. I get it, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to big up your quarterback, build his confidence, and tell the world that he's going to be really, really good. That is being a great teammate. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm. Bro, you caught 11, you caught 111 passes last year. Mm. You were, you've been an all-pro. What you accomplished by having Patrick Mahomes be your quarterback in Kansas City was to get to a $150 million bag where people were willing to give away things. That doesn't take away from how great Tyreek Hill is. We know his talent. But don't – this is not good for Tua, right? Like, I'm mm. in protect Tua mode. Stop throwing these names around comparing this man. He doesn't have enough of a sample size for us to know what he is really going to be. Let us just find out that he's accurate and he's a good quarterback. All right, so Swagu. Part of me understands exactly what Tua was saying for this reason. All of us regularly appear on or currently host a podcast. And playing it safe on podcast is not the way to get downloads and five-star reviews on whatever platform that your podcast is distributed on. So you have to give the spicy takes every once in a while, right? Check out the Swaggoo and Perk podcast, the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. My On the man. other hand, there's got to be a way to thread the needle, right? Like, mm. you can simultaneously praise yeah. your current quarterback and be the great teammate that Swagger was referring to in Tua Tungo Vailoa. And by the way, at the same time, acknowledge that Patrick Mahomes is one of the most prodigious quarterbacks the league has ever seen. He signed a contract that has a maximum value worth over half a billion dollars. There is no shame whatsoever <laughs> in giving props to where it's deserved with Patrick Mahomes. I just got to kind of find that middle ground there for Tyree. Yeah, I, you know what? Middle ground, you're right, Phil. It doesn't work on podcasts. I'm, I'm just realizing now that I am I think I'm the only one here who doesn't have a podcast. It must be because I'm so boring. I'm going to spice it up a little bit. Uh, all right, let's get back to the podcast. <laughs> I need one. It would be really spicy, I promise. Uh, there was also this from Hill. Uh, this was on how he was used in Kansas City. Really interesting. Listen. I just don't get it. Like, if, if teams are going to give us favorable one-on-one matches, one-on-one matches against their best corner, I don't see why team I don't see why teams don't utilize their best receiver. Right. You know, and that's and that's where like probably me and the Chiefs fell apart right there. When I'm like, yo, like I I don't mean to talk or be a diva in some situations, but hey, can I can I see the pill sometimes, please? Yeah, just give me the ball. Just give me the ball, please. Ooh. Uh, okay. Well, Field, we'll start with you. Does Hill have a legit gripe when it comes to his usage when? in Kansas City? <laughs> All right. So I was willing to give him a pass on the Tua comment. Again, interest of the podcast and his current teammate. But he lost me here. Ooh. Right? We're talking about a player, and Swaggy already mentioned it. 111 yeah. catches last year. Tyreek Hill had 159 targets last season, Laura. That is like an astronomical oh, number beyond that. Early in his career, the Chiefs utilized him a ton as a runner when he was still finding his way as a receiver. Since then, he has become one of the most targeted wide receivers in the NFL. There were games where it felt like the Chiefs literally called two plays. Throw the ball to number 87 or throw the ball to number 10, Tyree Kill. Yep. They had literally one of the best offenses in the league for the past six years when he was there, if not the best. I'm just not so sure I'm buying this one. I just love that the podcast is called 
it needed to be said because none of this needed to be said, Tyreek. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, 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 I just kind of coming off of what uh, Field said, a, a lot of Tyreek's usage and the way it evolved over the years, particularly last season, was in response to how, of course, defenses played the Chiefs. We've talked about this ad nauseum, uh, the way they sat back in those two high shells and dared them to bore, use the underneath part of the field. But they did use him underneath. I mean, part of the reason Tyreek was so devastating in Kansas City wasn't just his ability as a deep threat, but also uh, his ability to stretch the field horizontally, especially in the RPO game, right? Uh, how many times did Sweet Patrick Mahomes go to him on bubbles and slants and rely on his ability to get yards after the catch? And that's where I think we can start looking to Miami, uh, which is, of course, an extremely RPO-heavy offense. We talk a lot about Tyreek Hill and Tua connecting deep, but I think it's equally important for them to immediately integrate, integrate him into the shallow part of the field as well. Hmm. Mike McDaniel, don't be dumb. And I love you because I think you're a smart coach and I think it's the right hire in Miami. But use Tyreek Hill like you've seen Tyreek Hill being used and destroy defenses. And also, not to mention, they have another guy in the, by the name of Jalen Waddle that can destroy defenses oh, yeah. in a very similar way. Allow these guys to get the, the ball in their hands. And, and look, there is nothing about this offense that defenses won't lose sleep over, okay? They're, this is mm. going to be hell on wheels to try to get these dudes stopped. <laughs> With the amount of speed, you got Gesicki at tight end who wins 50-50 balls, who I think is going to be a phenomenal player as long as he stays healthy. Tua has what he needs. Oh, not to mention a stalwart left tackle and Taron Armstead yeah. that came over. Tyreek Hill, ball in his hands, is one of the most devastating things in the NFL. Just get it to him. Hell on bins or water. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that one out. Anyway, Mina, people will point to McDaniel and his time in San Francisco with Debo Samuel. They're going to assume that Hill could be used in that same role. But do you see that as a possibility? No, I, I understand um, the instinct to look at, you know, how Debo was used uh, as ball carrier, the jet sweeps, all of that. But he was used as a running back in San Francisco. Like, mm. they would actually run a lot of the same design rushing plays they had for their backs with Debo Samuel, who we all know is like twice Tyreek Hill's size. So, yes, they're going to try to get him the ball in the space. They're going to use him on the sweeps and end rounds and all that. But Tyreek Hill is not a running back. Not saying Debo is either, but he doesn't have those qualities. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we'll continue to hear that comparison, but that makes a lot of sense. Guys, new on NFL Live. So, one of the cool things about mandatory minicamps, you start seeing all these teams taking their pictures and some guys in some new uniforms. There's Khalil Mack in his Chargers jersey getting ready to go. It looks pretty good there. Marcus, you like that for the big man? From Chicago to L.A., you'll be smiling like that too, Boogie. And it's almost like he doesn't fit in the screen there. He's so big. Still more to come on NFL Live. There she is. Defense wins championships. And Mina's going to give us her top five defenses in the NFL and why. Let's Stay tuned to find out who it is next on the show. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So glad you're with us here on NFL Live. What an incredible photo of Mina Kimes there. Perfect for this segment. Mina's back and ready to give us her top five defensive units in the NFL heading into the season. Mina, let's count them down, starting with five. Speaking of defense, I'd like to be able to stop that photo from appearing on ESPN platforms. All right. Let's go with my top five. Number five, I've got San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this, of course, all starts up front next to Nick Bosa and, um, pardon me, Eric Armstead. They have this unique ability defensive lineman into an excellent, excellent pass rusher. Uh, you've got uh, Fred Warner, who I believe is the best cover linebacker in football behind them. Love the addition of Trevarius Ward. D'Amico Ryans should be one of the top head coaching candidates next year. All right, moving on to perennial top defense. New Orleans, yeah, they've lost a few players. They've gotten a little bit older, but the core is still in place. Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, Demario Davis. Secondary, you lose Marcus Williams. You replace him with Marcus May, who's quite competent. And of course, you still got TJ Gardner-Johnson, Marshawn Lattimore. There are stars in the secondary. I don't expect much of a decline as usual with New Orleans. Next, at number three, staying in the division, we've got the Bucks, another Ooh. group that really managed to retain a lot of their talent. I was surprised, frankly, that they were able to keep Carlton Davis, their star cornerback, at the price they did. But of course, this is a very blitz-heavy team. It starts up front with Vita Vea. Uh, they do need Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, and Logan Hall, who they drafted to take a step forward. I believe they will. And you got Todd Bowles coaching the whole thing. Can't bet against them. At number two, this might be my spiciest one. The Green Bay Packers. Look, as much as uh, Brian Gutekunst, the GM, has gotten ragged on for some of his offensive picks, offensive picks, pardon me, he has built a defensive juggernaut. Love the addition of Devontae Wyatt next to the perennial underrated, perennially underrated Kenny Clark. Uh, Rashawn Gary has taken leaps forward as a pass rusher. And they did it all last year without Jair Alexander, who might be one of the best three cornerbacks in football. So I expect him to be exceptional this year because they are deep at every level. Finally, everybody's Super Bowl favorite. The incredibly complete Buffalo Bills. I mean, where to begin? This is a team that finished first in EPA per play last year on defense without Jadavia's White, their best quarterback for much of the season. They've got the best safety duo in the NFL. Super solid linebacking group. Matt Milano still there. And then up front, the addition of Von Miller combined with that group of young pass rushers. I simply love their offseason, and I love this defense. Bills Mafia, where are you at? I mean, you're going to hear from them on that. Look at 
<laughs> Look at Smike, who he's got the he's got the glasses looking down a little bit. What do you think of Mina's list? Yeah. I like the list, Mina. I really like the list. I'm just asking, okay. where okay. do you have okay. the Chargers? Where are the Chargers Ooh. on this list? So, they 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 have a perennial yeah, pass rusher in Bosa. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I want you. I want to hear your case. No, no. I was just thinking about like, I, and I know you. I know depth is a part of uh, how you analyze teams, and it's very important. But where is like Bosa and Khalil Mack? They signed Sebastian Joseph Day. They got Derwin James, who we all believe is the most versatile player in the league, if not the best, to roam around in secondary. Asante Samuel Jr. coming off an of injury. J.C. Jackson led the league in um, interceptions last year. Where do you have them? Just tell me where do you have them, MK? I think I have them at seventh behind the Rams, if I remember correctly. Um, here's my thing with the Chargers. You kind of hit on it. My concern is really depth. These are some players who have injuries in the past. And when you look behind them at cornerback, there's not yep. a lot of depth there. Uh, and then the other thing that I worry about is this linebacker group, which is the same as last year. And, you know, really struggled mm. to stop the run. As Sebastian Joseph Day and Khalil yeah. Mack, by the way, will help in that regard. But I still think teams might be able to run on them. All right, I, I loved your list. I okay. really like right. uh, I, I like the Packers at number it was a two. Good, it was a damn hey, good list. Swagoo, how have we been on TV for like 45 minutes? Somehow we have not shown this yet. Mina Kimes, first oh, no. pitch <laughs> in Seattle last week. Look at her go. Uh, honestly, Look at the form, though. Great Look at the pitch. form. Yeah, Marcus, what'd you think? First of all, I'm going to bring people into our group chat, and I know it's going to embarrass y'all. Mina was tripping about this first pitch. She wanted to make sure she got this right. She got coaching. She got advice from Dan <laughs> on how to throw. I saw something about make sure the back heel is pointing the right direction. MK, you were phenomenal. You did better than 50 Cent. You did better than oh, yeah. a lot of people that sucked at throwing the first pitch. This is phenomenal. This is why you the GOAT, MK. <laughs> I'm glad I cleared the bar of doing better than 50 Cent, but I did not clear the bar of actually registering on the radar gun. Uh, that's not obvious. I think that might be the slowest first pitch in the history Point of baseball. But you know what? Uh, knuckleballs are hard to hit, right? Yeah, you know, Mina, I got to out you really fast accurate. here, too, because she also got some advice from my husband, Josh, who was a Major League Baseball player. But when we were talking about the, yeah. the distance between where she would be in home plate, she then revealed to me that she was practicing at a Little League field. So things were going really well there. Speaking of Little League fields, you know, I, I, I was already nervous, but part of the reason I was so nervous was a Little League player went out and threw a perfect strike right before me from the mound and then I had to go after him how old was that kid hey, well well at least at least we know on Tyreek Hill next podcast he gonna say you more accurate than Patrick Mahomes hey Bye, it needed to be said it needed to be said all right coming up next on NFL live the commanders start mini camp tomorrow but Terry McLaurin will not be in attendance. Stick around to see why Field thinks a lot of players will have their eyes on this situation in Washington. We'll be right back. She throws strike. With the series tied at two games apiece, the Warriors and Celtics are heading back to the Bay Area for game five of the NBA Finals tonight at 9 Eastern on ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Radio. Coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 8.30.
This new on NFL Live, we're talking about some picture days happening around the league with mandatory minicamp. There's Lamar Jackson doing the iconic dance we know so well out of him. Good to see Lamar in uniform and there at camp. We'll keep following his situation with potential contract negotiations and the Ravens. All right, so it has been a tumultuous offseason for the commanders. Earlier this month, a U.S. House committee invited commanders owner Dan Snyder and Commissioner Roger Goodell to appear at a hearing later this month as part of the congressional investigation into the team's workplace conduct. Last Friday, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio was fined $100,000 for controversial comments that he made earlier in the week when he referred to the events of January 6, 2021 at the United States Capitol as a dust-up. And then today came the news that star wide receiver Terry McLaurin will not report to the team's three day mandatory minicamp this week as discussions on a contract extension continue. So McLaurin is entering the final year of his rookie deal. And there's so much here with all of this. But then there's Carson Wentz, who the commanders traded for, of course, to get. He'll be playing on his third team in three seasons. And he'll surely be paying close attention to how it all plays out between McLaurin and Washington. So, Field, what is the potential fallout beyond the actual contract when it comes to the McLaurin situation? Yeah, Laura, I'm glad you said that because it's much more than just the dollars and cents of the deal. If you were to do a straw poll of the entire Washington Commanders franchise, of which player is the most respected, perhaps the most talented on offense, and certainly amongst the guys that sets the example of what you want in a player, Terry McLaurin might be a unanimous pick. This is a guy who, over three seasons in the NFL, has played with eight different quarterbacks and still been one of the best wide receivers in the league. By the way, none of those eight quarterbacks are exactly Aaron Rodgers. Moreover, he's an incredible person. A guy who's been a team captain, a guy who has taken as much pride in key blocks as he has acrobatic catches that he makes. If you don't reward a player like this, a homegrown talent in the third round is a diamond in the rough for you. What kind of locker room message is that sending to other guys who are saying, if Terry, of all people, can't get a new deal done, or at least a deal that pays him fairly, what do I have to do to earn my next contract with the Washington Commanders? Every good player is important to lock up. But when you have a guy who has rare football character like Terry McLaurin, it makes it that much more essential. Hmm. Babyface, I like the point you made about his, his, his presence um, around that organization and that franchise. And you hit the nail on the head about if they don't sign this guy, what about us? People are watching it. So that's why I think Ron Rivera needs to be the voice. Um, to not only get Terry McLaurin paid, but to also go to the front office and say, this is a guy that should be considered the cornerstone of a franchise and a guy that we believe going forward in the future is going to be a positive about what's going on with the Washington Commanders with everything that's trans transpiring around this organization. Ron Rivera was brought in to be a leader in a tumultuous time with the Washington football team at the time and now the Washington Commanders. This is another step in the process of trying to clean whatever they can up um, by having this get done and him leading the way um, as far as getting that done. And I believe Ron Rivera will because he's always been a guy that respects the work and respects leadership and character in players based on the things that I've known and heard about him. Yeah, let's take it to the actual football that we can expect on the field. Mina, what are your expectations for Carson Wentz with another chance here and the commander's offense this season? 
Well, not only is it another chance, Laura, it's another good chance. I, I think people are kind of <laughs> overlooking the Washington commander's offense, you know, assuming McLaurin plays, and I do think he yeah. will. It's actually a really decent group of skill players between him, Jahan Dotson, yeah. uh, the wide receiver out of Penn State with a big catch radius I love. Hopefully they can get more out of Curtis Samuel and Diane Brown. And then an offensive Whoa. line that I think is one of the sneaky underrated groups in the league, finishing first in ESPN's run block win rate, win rate metric, which uh, measures how long they can hold their blocks for 2.5 seconds or less and then ninth in pass block win rate. And I find myself saying the same thing about Carson Wentz that I think a lot of us said about him in Indianapolis, which is, it's kind of on you. Like, mm. at this point, if this offense fails, you got to take responsibility for it. And it's incredible to me that we're in that similar situation. With Mina, him. if you had to compare quickly the situations that Wentz has been in with the Colts and then now with Washington, which one is better for him, you think? That's a great question. Um, I think... They're pretty similar. I actually group Washington's skill players is better than what Indianapolis had last year. So, uh, you know, I would actually say it maybe tilts towards the commanders. When you look at everyone around them. Although, I, no, I should mention, Jonathan Taylor probably swings it back to Indianapolis. So, never mind. There, I'm sorry. There, okay, all right, sis. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, got, sorry, I was going to add you back on that one. But that's it. I mean, it's interesting. It's been two it's great close, situations. Though. Right, to Mina's point. All yeah. right, we got time for one more thing before we go. Guys, uh, Eagles rookie wide receiver Devin Allen won the 110-meter hurdles at the USA TF NYC Grand Prix on Sunday. He finished Probably with a slide. time of 12.84 seconds. That's the third oh. fastest time in history. Looks like me on the way to the ESPN Look cafeteria. Look at this guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's so fast. <laughs> great. And by the way, like that before I was born, y'all. Oh, before you were born. Like when you were still in the womb, oh, you were doing that in your mama's belly. <laughs> Look at him going to the camera at the end, too. He knew exactly what he was doing. Hey, that bodes well. Another uh, great weapon there for the Eagles in the NFC East. Yeah. Guys, we will see you tomorrow on NFL Live. We've got a great week with mandatory mini camps here on the show. So make sure you tune in every single day, and we will be back with a whole lot more. See you then, and thanks to everybody for being with us today.